This is the Start Prop Property Show. Welcome everybody to the Start Prop Property Show. Yes, every Wednesday between 12 and 1, right here on Radio Easter Fear. On Stasi, on Talent, on Mensa. Every Wednesday we bring you news, interviews and information relating to real estate and the landscape of property. If you're interested in buying, selling, letting, renting, investing in real estate, this is the program to listen to. I'm Ivan Yetling, the principal of Start Prop Real Estate. And our office is number 5, Rose Center in Plain Street, Yestrafi, right opposite Pick and Pay. You'll find our offices and you're more than welcome to come over and come and enjoy uh, a conversation and a cup of coffee with us. 
And so if you are interested, a potential buyer or seller, come and have a conversation. We're more than willing to share ideas about the real estate. So every Wednesday on this program, we discuss what is happening out in the marketplace and, you know, the impact of interest rates and what's happening with the Reserve Bank, etc., etc. So these are things that, you know, people are generally interested in and need to know. So we're just trying to share um, our experience as estate agents uh, with you, the listeners of Radio Easterfier. So welcome for joining us and thanks for sharing. We hope you can enjoy this program. We started the show with Unduduzo Makatini and he played The Lost Revolution. Wasn't that a nice, beautiful interlude? Um, with me in studio today, I have Ashraf Khan, um, who manages our rental portfolio. Ashraf, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me again, Evan. Yes, Ashraf as you may know, was uh, hosted the show last week and he had, um, he had the bank with us. He had the bank with him answering questions uh, with one of the um, origination companies and assisting people on getting bonds and how to acquire properties and what they need to do. And so a, a very good show, Ashraf. Well done to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So quite informative and the feedback was excellent. And I saw there was a number of people that also sent in uh, inquiries Guys, you're free to do that today as well. Send in your questions right here on the Radio Yesterday Fear. We are ready to take any of your uh, WhatsApps the, the, at the studio, 064-536-9095. If you have any questions relating to any question relating to real estate, we are more than happy to uh, take your call. You can also reach us on 061-460-259. That's the office line at StartProp. Ashraf, today we would like to share with the listeners, you know, um, the issues about rental properties. There's such a demand for rental properties with the interest rates being so high and, uh, you know, it's prohibitive for people to want to afford, you know, the affordability is really uh, questionable. And also the price of houses, um, it has gone up, you know, it's not coming down. People thought by now the price of houses would have come down substantially. And also the fact that interest rates, you know, on there's no reprieve, uh, we're all waiting on that interest rate drop. And it's, you know, it's been kept the same now for the last two rulings by the MPC, the Monetary Policy Committee. Um, what is the, what's out in the marketplace at the moment? Are you finding a more higher demand for rental stock? Or, you know, what, are your, what are your experiences uh, working in the rental market? Well, rentals has always been a great demand. Um, I find that more so now that the interest rates have not been declining. People are a bit cautious about where they're spending I think they'd rather spend their money on a rental for a year or two and keep their eye to ear to the ground as to when the interest is coming down. Um, every property I list, there's more than 20 people, sometimes 30, 40 people responding to the ad. And um, a lot of the sifting through is it's people that can't afford it, maybe credit-wise, they, they, their credit score is not good. I always ask the question, um, why don't you buy instead of renting, you know, then the answer comes out that they're increasing the credit score. or, But yes, there is a great, great demand for rentals. We can't keep up. We need stock. So if there's anyone that um, has, a, has a property that they're thinking of renting out, speak to us. Uh, we can give guide you on, on how to get the property ready as well. Ah, thanks for that, um, um, Ashraf. Tell me, Ashraf, uh, just in terms of that demand, are, pe- are there people looking for separate entrances for rooms in houses or is it... Is it just a traditional, um, you know, where they're looking for a two or three bedroom house to live in? Uh, is there, do you see demand for shared living spaces? Yeah, that's a good question. Any property, whether it's a one bedroom that could be a single working person who's just started a job or a student or a bachelor or um, there is a demand for full houses as well. Some people prefer the privacy, not having a tenant on the property as well. Um apartments, anything, it's its just there's such a huge demand. I can't tell you which one is more of a demand than the other because obviously if you're looking at a full house, three bedroom, two bathroom, it obviously go for a bit more. Uh, if it has a pool on it and extra amenities, then yes, it will go slightly higher. It just depends on the budget as well. What your budget okay, is. so you say there the, the is a demand for shared accommodation, but the preference is still uh, freestanding houses freestanding or houses. you know at least a semi, whatever, where people yeah. are or living on their own. Uh, Ashraf, just in the markets that we're operating, let's say Cape Flats and uh, Blue Downs and that areas, mm-hmm. Lansdowne, Athlone area, uh, what are rentals kind of uh, going for? What is the average kind of uh, listing that we're taking on? And um, 
I'd say looking at the areas that I market, mostly southern suburbs, Crawford, uh, Kenwin, up to Athlone, um, uh, they go for about 12 and a half, but then you're getting a three-bedroom, one to two bathrooms, a uh, freestanding house. Um, yeah, they so, go from so 12 to about 15. It just depends if it ha- what it has, okay. if, it's, if it's modern as well. If it needs some work, then... Yes. Okay, then I, know, yes. I know in the Blue Downs area, we currently tenanting our properties... Um, bit from six and a half thousand, eight and a half thousand, and about ten thousand five hundred. So that's kind of the rentals in the Blue Downs market, mm. uh, what people are looking for and what they can afford. Um, just talking about affordability, you know, going through the affordability when you have twenty people phoning on the property, mm. um, is it the issue when you are trying to find a good tenant? And of course, we're wanting to place a, a tenant that's going to be performing and paying their rentals. Mm. Um, you know, what does people's basic credit score look like? What's it looking out in the marketplace? Uh, when you're doing the assessments on the financial um, sustainability of the tenant? Uh, generally, it's good. Um, I always ask the question, are they currently renting? Because then you can get an idea of uh, what their payments were like in the past year or two, find out by the previous landlord. But credit scores are generally good. I find there are a few people that are just coming out of that COVID struggle with um, placing themselves or being under debt review. Um, we look at everything holistically, not just credit scores but we look at the bank statements go into detail if we need to get more info we, we can get that from um, what they supply us with okay so you're saying that um, on the whole the people are looking after their credit score and those that are still under debt review after post-covid era are kind of managing their credit to bring them back on back on track yes yes i, I find that people who are under debt review are probably for of the better tenants because they know they were where they were and they're trying to get out of it and i always look at is that payments being met are they paying the the agreed figure on time what's the balance of the of the credit um if it's two months left i mean uh, and they are paying for the last 12 months they haven't skipped then it's something to take with a pinch of salt and and okay. take them as a tenant so uh, when you are selecting a potential tenant for the for the landlord and they've given us the property um, do you sit and actually go through what your findings and say, look, you know, this tenant um, has got an impaired credit record. They, they had, the credit record isn't that great. But if you look at the track record now for the last 12 months, you see that they've rehabilitated themselves or they're busy uh, rehabilitating themselves. And actually you feel <coughs> it's a very good tenant because they're actually meeting all their commitments mm-hmm. and you think that they deserve an opportunity. So I think this will give a lot of hope if that is the situation. To tenants, you know, who are wanting to come into the market who don't have the best credit record, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they can feel because there is a space for them to come into the market. Yeah, I mean, we look at everything. Um, each each application is different. If the person has been renting, yes, uh, that is a good way to, to look at um, how they've been paying. If not, we go into more details, um, contact the uh, the. Uh, the Place of work and find out are they working there? How long they've been working there? We just need some kind of um, backup background, making sure that they are permanently employed. We can't foresee any kind of hiccups in the future. But I look at each tenant differently. Um, I hear their stories, but I also uh, understand where they're from. And you know, the credit score isn't the be all and end all. Okay. If if they have been paying, like you said. Um, they and they get, get a good, good reference letter from the yes, landlord as yes. well. Okay, okay, so that helps. So obviously, you know, the thing is, uh, we've been paid as start prop to render service to the tenants, and they expecting that you know the 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 needs are going to be met and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when you're doing the when you when you're screening that potential tenant that you've now advertised the property, you know, just tell us some of the some of the tenant some of the checks that you will go through so that the tenants can almost be prepared. That you know, if I'm working through an agency, these are the following things that they will require from me. Uh, so that you know, also the landlord then has a, a peace of mind that you know when I'm when I'm paying for the service, um, there are certain levels of checks that are being done, mm-hmm. and uh, from the from the tenant side, they yeah. can also understand what is being expected of them and what level of of probity we would have gone through in terms of vetting them. Yeah. So uh, there's an application form that we've sent out, and all. All the application form is asking just general questions like how many people are staying in the house? Have you ever been evicted? Do you have a criminal record? Um, it goes deeper into asking for the copy of the ID, 
their payslip three months, uh, bank statements. Usually that's enough for me to kind of get the enough information that I need. But if I find that the money on the bank statements are not enough to cover it, or by the 10th or the 15th of the month, the money is starting to arrive and there's money coming from other other sources that doesn't have a name, maybe from a different account, then I'd go into credit score. And credit score, generally good credit score is uh, uh, six, um, sorry, 760 uh, points. Um, if anything is below that, then I go deeper into the, and see what it is that caused that mm. score to be lower. Maybe they could have applied for a loan or um, had a, a check done before, which brings the, the credit score down. But uh, those are basics, but it does go deeper into, um, for example, speaking to the previous landlord. And if the landlord says, this tenant, I don't want him to leave, I didn't want him to leave, um, but he needs a bigger place, fantastic tenant, that's the best kind of um, referral you can get. Um, sometimes even a letter accompanies the application yes, 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 saying yes. how the tenant paid. Okay, so just to, if I take it through the, 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 the checklist again, so you're doing that background check and you're phoning the previous tenant or the previous landlord, just finding out, uh, talk to me about that previous tenant that you had and how that tenant paid and how they performed, what, it, what kind of tenant they were. And then you're saying that you're also doing a, a review of their financial p- uh, position by looking at their bank statements and, and supporting that with the pay slips. And you're looking at also on the bank statement, you're actually looking at how the client is conducting their spending patterns mm. and to see, you know, do they have money throughout the month and do they have money uh, or are they debt servicing all the or they or they or their funds so you know um, is it important that you understand the the, the, the pattern of the clients uh, performance uh, they, as long as they're paying their rent on time yeah. um, and perhaps you know they've got other needs or kids at school and you know today things are tough yeah. and a big portion of people's money goes towards debt servicing <laughs> so um, if you look at the credit bureau reports they'll tell you you know the substantial part of every person's salary mm. is being applied to to serve to debt so servicing debt. costs, so you're saying you're actually scrutinizing the month and looking at the flow of funds over during the period of the month to see, uh, you know, how sustainable the client is in terms of having the money to pay and affordability. Yeah, I, I'm. If it, it's a big plus, if the rent is being paid from that account, either through an EFT or a debit order, because obviously you can track back and see which date it's paid on time. It gets deducted immediately. Um, so yes, it, it, it's a holistic thing. I mean, you, you can't just look at one thing. Um, I find that uh, a lot of the tenants that I've screened uh, generally do have some money left, and especially if they've been renting for a while, they know that money is is set aside. Okay. Not, yeah. Um, Ashraf, uh, in the situation where the tenant doesn't have that, they don't have the strength, that capacity to maybe stand on their own. So they're wanting to rent out. And they say, you know, they're buying with a, sh- they want to rent with a surety. So they yeah. say the father, for example, is going to be the surety for them. And saying, okay, our credit profile isn't so strong, man. But our f- my father's going to stand and support us through this thing. He's a businessman and he's a surety. How do you treat uh, that kind of situation? Do you, do you look at something like that where you have to have your parents come in with you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that can be done. It has been done. Um, someone can sign surety, but you need to decide that before signing the lease so that that person can sign as well. Um, but important to note that the, say for example, it's a daughter who's just started working and a dad is um, uh, um, uh, works as a lawyer or whatever it is, um, he can sign surety for but they are both jointly and severably liable for the lease. That means okay. separately and together. So if she doesn't pay, we can then go to him and say, you are also liable because you signed as, as a surety for Okay. Ashraf, here's a question just before we take a break. We just got a question from Joan, and Joan is from Blackheath. Joan is asking us the escalation that goes on the rental. Uh, you know, that, is that negotiable? Because normally when you get it, it says it's an 8% or a 10% the rental escalation. And in times like these, you know, can you afford to be renting continuously? And after three years, you can't afford that house because it's gone up so high. And it's not market-related any longer. So Joan wants to know, you know, how negotiable is the escalation fee and you know can we um, control that in any way can you talk to the landlord so uh, i know pre-covid you know people were saying look we're not even interested in, in escalation as long as we just got the tenant that can pay us pay, every yeah, month yeah. 
Um, what is the situation with, with escalations? How would you answer Joan's question? Yeah. Uh, good question, Joan. Um, the lease agreement says that the minimum, well, sorry, the maximum increase is 10%. Um, it can obviously be negotiated with the landlord if he feels that um, um, maybe interest rate hasn't gone up and he doesn't need to have um, a, a higher bond to pay. Um, if he feels that the rates have gone up, yes, we can go with maximum at 10 but it is negotiable. I've had a landlord saying, no, I'm completely happy with this tenant. Based on time, I'm going to just increase it to 5%. Or we might feel that this year, for the next year, I'm not going to increase it, but we'll relook at it the following year. And So that, that is something that you can negotiate with yeah. between the landlord and the tenant, and then obviously you'll use an agent to yes. be able to say, look, you know, uh, can, we, can we discuss that? Because you see, the thing is the tenants are so desperate, mostly, like you said, now there's 20 tenants, 30 tenants phoning for each property that, you know, sometimes they're scared to, to, to rattle this, the boat, if one can call it mm-hmm. that, and even go near this thing of saying, look, can we negotiate the escalation because mm-hmm. they're desperate, they want the house. Yes, yes. And you've got 20 other people that also want the house. So, you know, how do we, yeah, I think it's a, it's a tough one to negotiate. Yeah, look, uh, it's, it's, if you have an agent, a managing agent, you can obviously negotiate on your, negotiate on your behalf. Um, but it's usually a relationship that the agent has between the landlord and, and the tenant separate, separately. The landlord might go to the tenant and demand a 10%, but whereas if the agent's involved, you can soften the blow and say, look, the client has been paying on time, they're good tenants, they just feel that the increase of they 10% is not, 10%, is not affordable. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe the wife's pregnant and she gone yes. doesn't get the full salary or whatever it is, but... Okay. So you're saying even whilst the, whilst the lease is in place, before that escalation comes next year, you must approach the landlord and say, look, yeah. we can't manage the increase, we, but we can pay the rent. Yeah, generally before the lease expires, 60 days before the time, I will uh, contact the tenant and say, look, are you still happy with the place? Um, are you planning on going to a bigger spot? They'll tell me, yes, we still like to stay. The landlord at the end of the day has the same option or uh, choice. You can tell him that the tenant's willing to stay, but it is 60 days before time. If you don't feel that they're the right tenant or you want to um, let them vacate so you can do some renovations, whatever, 60 days is the time that we need to tell them that the landlord says, okay, you want to renovate, you need to start looking for, for something else. And that's generally the time we talk about increase. Okay. If he says, okay. yes, we, I'm happy with the tenant, but tell them that it's a 10% or 8%, whatever, that will help them also make decisions should we stay or should we start looking for something else? Brilliant. That is Ashraf Khan, the rental agent, one, uh, our rental agent, uh, managing this, some of the rental stocks within the Start Prop property show. This, this is Start Prop, the real estate property professionals. And uh, we're going to take a quick break with Nomfundo Kusile playing back when. This is the Start Prop property show. You are listening to Radio Yesterova. Remember 
are tuned into the Start Prop Property Show. Welcome back to the Start Prop Property Show. Right here on Radio Easter Fear. Mensen who sit and gesels lekker over rentals and property rentals met Ashraf Khan. Hy is die rental specialist, rental expert by Start Prop. As jylle enige advies wil hee namens rentals of heering van huise of kamers of uh, hoe sê mens wat separate differences <laughs> uh, as jylle man gee my, gee my likey, gee my likey 0614600259 dit staat vir op sy nummer ons is hier geledere in uh, shop number 5, Roosente dit is in Pleinstraat, ook kan pik en pie eerste rivier man, kom praat met ons, kom gesels uh, ons gaan jylle in die buiten ons sal jylle net een kopie koffie aanbied en uh, lekker gesels op real estate en properties as 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 jy investeerder is wie investe a belegger in real estate en jy soek iemand jou properties to manage per perhaps you've got two three rentals that you want to have managed look here's the man next to me Ashraf will be able to accommodate Ashraf for all the services that you offering uh, background checks financial checks and and uh, verification of salaries and employment and all that what is your fees how much do you charge uh, what is your standard rate that you would go up to the clients with so that we can talk to the landlords so they can see young this year a arm and a leg what you must answer is a billige bedrag and for the dienst wat gelever word dink ek dis waarde vir vir geld jy weet so what is your omkostes and what moet die klant vir homself voorberei Dit is een baie goeie vraag, Ivan, maar ik ga nou meer in Af- Afrikaans aan wat nie. <laughs> okay. So, basically, het uh, is a, I think this is a full-time job. It is a full-time job. Once the landlord gives me the mandate to to uh, rent out his property, I take it very seriously. Um, all the credit checks, I mean, it, it can be as easy as placing a tenant that you have on your books that you know comes from a property that's been paying. Um, or it can be 10, 20, 30 people that comes through. Remember, 40, 30 to 40 people are responding to ads. You need to call all of them. Yes. Find out, is this the place for them? What are they looking for? Right. All the obst- obstacles they have, objections. Um, of the 20 or th- of the 30, you maybe take 15 of them to the property. So every time you go there, it's, it's a cost, you know, st- bringing in there, filling the application forms in. Each of those applicants needs to be screened as well. Um, it's credit checks, it's uh, bank statements, IDs, it's, you know, printing those things. Okay, so you guys to. are doing, a lot, so <coughs> doing a lot for that. There's basically two figures. One could be the once-off fee, which is the fir- equivalent to the first month's rent. Yes. For example, the property is rented out at 5,000 rand. That 5,000 rand gets paid to start prep. Only once the tenant has paid his rent, and he's paid his uh, deposit, which the landlord decides on. It can be one month deposit, two months deposit, um, but only once we have those and the lease is signed. Okay. Uh, the other cost, well, it, it could be a once-off fee or it could be over the period of the lease, which is 10% of the rent. So the rent is 5,000 rand, then 500 rand comes to start prop on a monthly basis for the duration and the term of the lease. Um, so those are the two options. And... Um, it's it's well worth the money spent. I mean, I've had many people come to me and say, you know, I'm tired of this now. The tenant's just giving me hassles. But when I take over the management, I find the tenant's not all that bad, you know. So yes. people want that peace of mind, and that's what you're paying for. It's okay. the peace of mind of having someone professionally place, place your tenant. Manage, yes. You know the tenant's going to pay, and they... And we check on the, um, the payments, the monthly payments as well. Okay, no, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. Okay, so I think it's a fair fee, I think, for the amount of work that you're going to go in. And the, 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 the effort and just giving the client peace of mind at the end of the day uh, that they've got a good and secure tenant mm-hmm. that's going to be paying and we're managing that relationship. Yep. Um, Ashraf, in terms of uh, non-payment, what happens, you know, when the client, when the tenant is in the situation where they're not paying? You know, how do we solve that issue? Because now in certain situations, the landlord um, is dependent on that rental income. Sometimes they're servicing a bond or alternatively they're actually living off that income. So they've created this property, they've got the rental income and it's actually providing their living uh, expenses. Mm. So they thought for their retirement, this is a way that they're going to do it. They're going to buy this property, rent it out <laughs> and they live off the tenant, off the rental. Yeah. So now the tenant is not paying and it's a month, it's two, it's, and you're, they're feeling it immediately. They don't have the ability to sit and wait it out Mm-hmm. So the tenant situation has improved. You know, how do we deal with non-paying tenants, you know? It's always important to ask the, the tenant first of all, uh, what is the reason for non-payment? Um, 
my tenants generally contact me. They tell me before the time that, you know, this is going to be a bit of a bad month. Uh, something happened at work or I didn't get as much as I thought I would get or a 13th check, for example. Um, always ask the tenant, what is the situation? And then relate to the landlord that this is the story. Can we work something out where the tenant maybe pays half of the, the rent and the other half will get split over, or if he can pay it the next month, instead of, for example, 5,000 rand, he pays now two and a half, so there's another two and a half that must be paid, uh, um, including next month's rent, so he's paying seven five, or we can take that two and a half and split it over two months. He's still going to get the money, he's not skipping the payment, but there's an okay, agreement so in place. So the important thing is that agreement, which you must communicate, so communication is key here. So talking to the tenant and talking to the landlord and understanding what's going on, and obviously you need that la- that tenant to be transparent and open with you, so that yeah. you can address what their concerns are and then try and re- you know remedy by working at an arrangement and you're catching up with that payment. If you can, just uh, you need to put it in a, an addendum and attach it to the lease, so they have so a paper in writing. You're saying in writing, yes. writing, yes. writing. Okay. So the thing is, um, you know, you have the situation now where uh, that it's a clear the tenant is not going to be able to come up with that payment or their circumstances have changed his wife loses her job uh, you know what does the what does the tenant do what does the landlord do um, you know yeah where do they go uh, is it is it our concern do we make it our concern how do we as professionals deal with a situation like this and I'm sure lots of families find themselves in this thing you know you were a very good tenant you've paid your rent every month on time suddenly your wife loses her job or the husband loses his job uh, and and the, the, the income isn't there, and so so how do you deal with the situation? How do you you know do you appeal for mercy or what do we do? What's the professional yeah, approach? It's it's absolutely our concern. We need to. Um, I I would say the tenant needs to come come to us to the managing agent or the landlord and say, look, this is my situation. Rather rather than avoid it, I'm telling you, this is what I'm where I'm at. Uh, probably it's not going to look bet, uh, any better in the next few months. The tenant should actually then decide rather to terminate the lease and and find somewhere else um, in before it gets to a point where the landlord needs to take action. Um, I think the landlord also needs to understand. But if if he's paying his his, his bond and he can't pay the bond, then um, he is within his rights to terminate the lease if there's non-payment because that is a, a major breach of the lease. Is if the tenant doesn't pay, the landlord has the right to to terminate, terminate. the lease. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a tricky question, a loaded question here. Um, in that rental payment, what is included in your rental payment and what is excluded in the rental? What's excluded? So if I'm a, if I'm a tenant, I'm signing a lease, I can reasonably expect certain things to happen. My understanding is if I kick so, as a lease, you can see, you can for a for but I good is for the landlord and you good is for the tenant. So what can I really verwacht? As I lease on the can what cost is included in that rental that I'm paying? So the rent, the rent amount is it, it can include the utilities, but that needs to be stated upfront. You're getting this place with water, with electricity, with Wi-Fi, or it can exclude that. So if it excludes it, then obviously we need to get the rates paper every month. The landlord then only pays the rent. I'm sorry, the rates, and the tenant pays for the water. Uh, sewage collection, um, all and, the other municipal charges. Up. Sometimes you have a property that has <coughs> a prepaid water meter or prepaid electricity meter, which is com- more common today. Um, that just eliminates all that hassle of figuring out what you must pay. They're paying for it immediately or upfront, so that solves that problem. Okay, the reason why <coughs> I said it's a loaded question, a tricky <coughs> question, is there was a situation here where a tenant. Um, signed the lease and said, okay, um, the, the rental is fair, but they want the water included in the rental, and but they will pay their own electricity and the sewage and amoni mm-hmm. anachuta. But they wanted the rent to be, the water must be part of the rental, so the land says, no, it's no problem. Uh, we can provide for that. You know, So the rental included the water payment. What the landlord didn't know was that tenant was going to set up a laundry business from that house <laughs> so they started washing the doing all the washing of the neighborhood mm. so you know they had a little community that they belonged to and everybody came and dumped their washing off there mm. and they were running this and they were you know the water bill was running up into thousands of rands yeah. and unfortunately the lease was tied 
the landlord was locked into this agreement where this tenant was abusing the facility now. So you don't know what they're going to be using that water for or what is going to be happening there. Maybe they're selling, you know, if you're living in a, a near squatter camp mm. and the people are coming over there with 5-litre buckets or 25-litre buckets of water and this guy's just, you know, he's selling the water there in 25-litre cans. You as a landlord now, you are powerless. What advice are you giving to the landlords uh, with your years of experience now in the rentals? Um, I think our lease agreement does say uh, reasonable water usage. So if anything is above average, um, I mean, compared to yes. the other tenants that live there, and he, got, he has proof that they are running a business from there, obviously it goes against the residential uh, zoning rights there. He shouldn't be running a business. Um, <clears throat> but reasonable water usage, I mean, that, uh, it's not a figure, but at least you can get an average of what you were spending and prove that you're not the cause of, and you know, they are overspending on water. So that could, uh, in terms, be a breach of the lease as well. Okay. Um, Ashraf, just a quick question. Um, <coughs> you know, when you sign a lease, um, it, do you stipulate how many people are going to be residing in the property? Do you say, um, you know, the, the, the house is going to have five people in it or four people, it's a family of four. Mm. And here you come and do your inspection, a quarterly inspection, and you find out, no, the parents have moved in and the sister and, and her husband moved in with their mm -hmm. kids. So, you know, what was going to be a four rental is now 10 people living in this house mm. because, you know, maybe they fell on hard times. The sister and husband moved in with her two kids and then the parents moved in because they stayed with the sister. Mm. But now they lost their property and they're now living with you. What, is, what are the situation? What's the circumstances around this, uh, you know, in, in this? Because this is real life. This is how things yes, happen yes. in the real life. Yeah, that's obviously a fear a lot of landlords have is, is the, they had two people and then ended up being six <clears throat> the general, <coughs> coming back to the, the, the application form they fill in, they need to tell us how many people are going to stay there. We need to see the ID numbers, the, everything gets in there. So when it comes to the lease agreement, yes, there's also a space asking how many people are staying in the house. We can see if the application said two and here it's showing six. You know, we can already, there's alarm bells. But what happens when there are more people than supposed to be is the wear and tear on the house is more. They use more water. The toilet gets flushed a lot more. The mirror the maintenance, the taps yeah, break the and, and washes and everything. So, yes, it is important to... The general rule is two people per room. So if you've got a two-bedroom house, maximum of four. Um, if it's a three-bedroom, six and, and so onwards. Um, if they have somebody staying with them after they've signed the lease, they need to tell the landlord or the agent that's involved. Even if it's a WhatsApp saying, look, I've got sister going through troubles, you just need to stay here for two weeks, or I've got a brother coming from Johannesburg, so that the neighbours don't come and say, oh, but I thought there was two, now there's old, there's three cars outside here, so we don't know about it. So they just be forthcoming and say, um, it's only going to be for a week or two, um, the landlord can decide whether he wants to increase the rent for that time, or if it's necessary. But uh, yeah, it, it does affect you. Because it's load on his maintenance. Yes, yes. Okay, so again, communication is key. And it's about just talking uh, to the agent, uh, talking to the landlord and advising them yeah. that for this period of time. So, for example, if the family is coming down from Durban over the festive season, they're going to be with you, camping there and partying. <laughs> um, is, is it then your responsibility as the tenant to inform anybody that there is family going to be living here over the festive season for that 10 days or 12 days they're down from wherever. Um, is, it, is it a done thing? Uh, are people doing that? Or do they just, you know, get away with it? Or do, is it wrong or right? It's, the, yeah. it's always advisable. I mean, communication is key, in not only rentals, but in life in general. Just communicate. Try not to hide things um, because we want to maintain that trust with the landlord. If you tell him, he says no, at least you've asked him, you know. And that's the questions I get asked as an agent, the managing agent as well. I permanently just bouncing questions off um, if you even want to knock a nail in the wall or uh, decide you want to retail at your cost, uh, speak to us. Let us first get that in writing because the landlord might not like the tile and when you move out, then you, you have to change it all. And at your cost. Uh, at your cost as, as well. A tenant. Okay. Um, guys, this is the Start Property Show every Wednesday between 12 and 1 right here on Radio Esther on Stasi, on Stalent, on Mensa. And we are happy to share with you all the information and advice relating to home ownership and rentals and investments in property. So if you're considering 
getting a house, come and talk to us, start prop- the property professionals. Ashraf, you know, we forgot today is Valentine's Day, <laughs> the month of love. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to be playing a song by Natalie Arangan, Heart Aflame. And that is to all the lovers out there in Yesterapir, all the people on Radio Yesterapir. We're sharing this uh, day with you. Uh, so we're playing out with, we're playing the song uh, Natalie Arangan, Heart Aflame. You are tuned into the Start Prop Property Show. It might not appear to be some lesson but disbelief. But my heart knows clearly her rhythm and tiny beats. Like washing up water's deep, her beauty some never see. Nothing else this will Africa's my home Oh, oh, but I do Here's a sound of a hello Oh, 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 
tuned into the Start Prop Property Show. Damien sir, I hope you enjoyed that one. Heart aflame on this Valentine's Day. Here in studio today, Start Prop, the property professionals. And we are situated at shop number five, Rose Center, opposite Pick and Pay in Plain Street. Yesterfeer, come and pop in by our store. Come and talk to us about real estate and property. We're happy to share with you all our information and any advice that you may need, any support that you may need when marketing your property. And today we're talking rentals with Ashraf Khan, our rental specialist, Ashraf. Thanks for, for sharing this day with us. So um, in the discussion, we're talking about, you know, just dealing with tenant issues and landlord issues. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is if there are damages in the house, you know, the people are living in the house and life happens. And so, you know, windows break or, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. door breaks or something like that and the bathroom toilet breaks. Um, who is responsible uh, to for the maintenance and the repair of you know you in the property mm. for a, for a, for a, for the for the lease and now you know these problems and and so who deals with these problems so that is a bit of a loaded question but i'm trying to get through in general what what who would then be paying for what um the tenant needs to look after the place as if it is his own if it was a handle that's obviously wear and tear the screws come loose or the light bulbs um goes um then the tenant is is liable to pay. It's general maintenance of the property to keep it keep the lights on. He's not going to just let the lights stay off, and you know it's a globe that he's been using and he's had the benefit of using. Um, if the a window breaks, it depends on if it was negligence. If the tenant caused the window to break, and we can see the window glasses laying on the outside instead of the inside, um, then it's a tenant's liability. Uh, but if the window is broken from an outside source. And there's proof there's a stone, there's whatever witnesses that the window broke. That can fall under the insurance of the building. So the building should be insured, which means roof, structures, walls, doors, windows, anything that's that's insurable. Um, the tenant obviously then just needs to insure his own property. But um, coming back to the, the who pays what, tenant needs to uh, fix everything that's wear and tear. Um, if it doesn't, then we can obviously deduct that from his deposit at the end of the, of the lease term. Okay, so I think that is clear and I think it must be written into the lease then who is responsible for the day-to-day maintenance of the property. But if there's any structural or any damage from outside, then the landlord... Is, and, and I think you make a very good point here, Ashraf, by bringing in the fact that we must keep the property insured. So obviously the landlord is insuring the building and the tenant is ensuring the, the contents in the building. Contents, so yeah. if the house is then burgled, Ashraf, if the house is burgled and they're stealing all your stuff, you can't go to the landlord and say, but didn't you insure the property? So yeah, the landlord's yeah. insurance is not for the contents of the property, that is for the tenants. The tenants, yeah. The landlord will obviously then contact his insurance to fix the window or the door, and whatever structurally, but he's not, he's not liable for paying the tenant back of things that were damaged or lost while he's in the in occupation. Okay, so now we have a situation. Um, you know, as part of the service that we render to our ten to our landlords in in, mm. in managing the lease on their behalf, um, we say that we will go in and do quarterly inspections on the property, uh, just to see that the property is in a good shape. The fact is that you know uh, they have maintained the loans. It's not you know. Brr- dying or gone, whatever. So mm-hmm. this guy spent a very lo- a lot of money landscaping the property and delivering the property in a very good standard. And so, you know, what the agent does is they go in and do quarterly inspections. What happens is uh, if you can't get access, they've now got this huge dog that's keeping you out of the property. They're paying their rent every month, mm-hmm. but they don't want you to come into their house. That's now they're saying that is private. How do we deal with a situation like that where we have a difficult tenant, but... The tenant is not that they're not paying the rent. It's just that they don't mm. want to give you access. How do you, because, you know, we undertake that we will have access, reasonable access to the yep. property and inspect the properties, yes. Well, that is in, in the lease agreement where it says that you uh, you should give us access to the property. We need to tell the tenant before the time, 24 hours before the time, and it has to be between 8 in the morning and 8 in the evening. So every three months, we, he has to give us access, whether we want to... Um, it also states that if you are renting the property out to someone else, you need to give us access bef- to bring clients there. Um, but there is two clauses in the lease agreement that says that 
regarding the lawn and the pool, those are too close, but if we find that the pool is not being maintained, it's green, we can then get someone in to come and fix it, but the tenant's liable to, to pay for it. Same with the grass. If the grass was green and the plants are now dying, um, we can get an, a person in to fix it up and it will be at the tenant's cost. I think the great thing that you said there, it's in our lease agreement, which means that they signed contractually bound to the fact that, that they're going to uphold and maintain the property. So that is why you want to deal with the, with, with, with start prop the property professionals so that we can maintain your asset, we can look after your asset, we can manage your tenant. The tenant has got the, a voice. Um, they, if they want to talk to the landlord and they're feeling that they, you know, they're not getting this, the, what, they was, that, what they were promised, then we can do those communications on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you have a professional person um, like StartProp looking after your properties. Ashraf, on, on a question of pets, can you just deal with the, the, the issue of pets? Um, I know, you know, in certain apartments when I'm renting a flat, um, the body corporate rules make provision that there will not be pets. I'm done if that includes cats and budgies. But um, what about a house, you know, um, you know, with the issue of pets? That's a good question. It's a common question asked. I mean, um, generally people don't apply to an ad unless it's pet friendly. If they've got a dog, they know that, um, you know, sometimes they'll take a chance and say, is the place pet friendly or not? Um, if they ask that question, I usually ask, what kind of pet? Because uh, cats are seen as more as um, not as harmful to furniture and things like that. The second question, if it's a dog, does the dog stay outside or inside? Um, this can be overcome if the landlord can also try to extend, um, increase the deposit amount because there's going to be way more wear and tear. It depends on if there's furniture, the house is furnished and the dog stays inside. You might not agree to it. But my response to ads that are pet friendly, it's overwhelming. There are lots of people who wouldn't want to part with Fluffy because he's been with our family for... He's part of the family. Yeah, yes. yeah. so if it's a cat, yes. it's a goldfish, if it's, it's obviously... Three completely different animals, um, but yeah, it, it it's allowed in some cases, but it's very seldom that you do get a landlord says, I'm fine with having a dog in the house. Ach, brilliant, brilliant. Ashraf, um, you know, that I think was a, a, a mouthful. Yeah, you've given us so much to think about today. Um, I hope you've calmed down the nerves of some of our <laughs> listeners um, and, you know, gave some peace of mind to the landlord that if they're working with a professional firm like StartProp, um, you know, some of your con- most of your concerns should be addressed. Um, and then I think the big thing that I'm taking away today is communication, communication with the tenant, communication with the landlord. Uh, you know, let's just keep talking. If you've got problems, if you're having issues, if there are challenges, whatever, you know, just keep talking. And I think that's the thing that you're building relationships over time. And I think it's all about value, the value that we create for other people and the value that we add to their lives. Um, to the listeners, uh, you know, uh, this is the Start Pro- Property Show. we just trying to share with you all our ideas about real estate, trying to empower the local community and other listeners that are listening and tuning in to Radio Yesterfir. This is the best radio station in South Africa. Let me tell you that it's our station, our talent and our people, and that's what we stand for. And we're bringing you this information every Wednesday between 12 and 1, uh, just sharing with the people uh, our knowledge and our experience and years of experience in the real estate. And so thank you very much, Ashraf, for taking time out, uh, coming to share your ideas and your thoughts with the people. I'm sure it is greatly appreciated. Um, people, you can, you know, if you want to contribute to the program, you can send in your WhatsApps directly to Radio Estrafir. Uh I just want to mention before we sign out, uh, we're at the top of the hour, before we sign out, we are running a free course in the real estate training, estate agents in the real estate just giving them the basics of what, you know, what it entails, what it takes to be a, an estate agent. And we're running the course every Wednesday between uh, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock on a Wednesday morning at our offices, shop number 5, Rose Center in Yesterafir. So if you want to come to the course, 061-4600259. Uh, come and join us. Uh, sit in on one of the courses and see, you know, um, if you enjoy the, the whole world of real estate and you want to be professional and, and be qualified and also have the knowledge that is involved when you're giving ideas and exchanging information pertaining to real estate. Guys, we, unfortunately, we, we have to sign out now. We have reached the top of the hour. Um, I'm wishing everybody a fantastic Valentine's Day. Uh, we're playing out with a homegrown favorite jazz from the Cape Flats with N2. I mean, this is a household institution and they're playing the journey. Sondela. 
Thank you, guys. Tune in to the Start Prop Property Show every Wednesday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Start Prop, the property professionals. Our talent and our people.